part. And so it has many more dimensions and even more dimensions than a visualization can give it, but that feeling. So one thing I would say is that um, it's good not to get caught in any particular ally or demon to recognize that it is a it is a process and you might visit that same topic again if it's needed. And that's okay. Sometimes we need to and then sometimes and then my experience is if, if a similar kind of topic comes back, I might have a very different looking demon or ally. Some allies in my experience have much more ongoing value than others. There's a strong resonance with that, um, and I can keep calling them back and using them. And others might just be interesting more, you know, it just varies and it's okay. And um, I think it's important not to feel worried that, oh man, I may have to do this again. The process, how was the process? Did you mind? Um, it went easily. I was very interested in following each of the steps. So right. I did it alone and yeah. I would switch seats and put my cheat sheet yeah. and go. Yeah, answers, yeah. you know, so um, it felt valuable. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing to notice is that it's actually a, an okay process, you know? It's not like it's not like I have to fear doing it again. Even if it turns out to be the same the same kind of topic or something like that. So I would just recommend okay, notice okay, that's what that was. Make use of it if you can, or if it makes itself available to be used in that way. If not, you can always do it again and, you know, see what happens. And just kind of be open. Open. You're welcome. When I was, when I was doing this, um, in that kind of committed way, I had to, I couldn't, couldn't just put dates on my on my demons. I had to put the time of day on my demons. I felt one at three a.m. is not the same as the one at you know um, twelve thirty or something. It's like you know, so it's really it's really okay. Just stick with it. And the more we do work like this, the um, the more we understand the training. That's helpful. That, that's useful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You had a question? Well, it was just kind of like I walked down to the ocean hoping to encounter my ally to help me with my demon, of course, you know. And uh, what I found was I got something totally different. Yeah. And it was something that I really didn't want. Oh. It was like, okay, it turned over. I felt it in my jaw. It's like, oh, it's showing me its teeth. Mm. And, you know, I so much didn't want to look at that. You know, I just kind of like, 
okay, what does that mean, da-da-da-da-da, and I, I just kind of went through the process, but I cut to the chase and just kind of resolved it all, like, you know, and just when you were commenting, I, I realized, oh my gosh, I forgot to feed my demon. I never fed it. It was the mouth, it was the jaws, and I didn't feed it because I was so much in a hurry to just, like, get it over with. Very good observation, huh? Yeah. And to completely resolve it in a tiny mm. way. Mm. But it still wasn't informative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can learn so much about what we're up to <laughs> when we do these things. And yeah, I think, you know, it's good to encourage ourselves in the process and, and picking that up again and again. And uh, allowing for those experiences that don't quite match the routine and learn from them and then try again. Try to use the, the process as it's laid out. Because what I've noticed about it, and this is very, very well designed. And um, I was at the Spirit Rock Day Long recently with Mama Sultanah, and from my perception of what she did that day, it seemed very, very consistent and, um, you know, by, by, by the book. Um, there were things, of course, that I learned uh, in addition to that, but it means to me that she did a really good job of designing it in the beginning, that it's stood in her own teaching of it this long. Because sometimes, you know, people develop something, and then by the time you see them two years later or five years later or ten years later, they're doing, they're, they've added a whole bunch of stuff to it, and it's changed and morphed. I didn't experience that, and I thought, yeah, good on you. You did a really good job of putting this together right from the beginning. This is this is worth using as it's laid out. So just as a way of encouragement. Yeah, the feeding part. Yeah. <laughs> good. good to do. Next one. But it was great to, you know, whatever realization we come away with, um, and try to be really honest with ourselves. Try to catch our own, I don't want to say, um, shortcuts. Try to catch, try to catch our own antics. <laughs> and, uh, slow them down and become more serious with them in a kind way. Yeah. I I chose the same demon uh-huh. and the second time you know, it wasn't a demon. Oh. It was a thing of beauty mm-hmm. which was really shifted everything completely. And um, after I uh, fed it, it remained the same. Mm-hmm. It was still a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of trumped 
to add a comment. Um, I've been doing this practice for a while, and I've studied with Lana Sultram, and I, I first learned it at Spirit Rock on a women's retreat, and there was a part of me that really resisted it, um, because I just felt it um, uncomfortable, but there was another deeper part of me that said, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with the practice, and I actually ended up doing two retreats at um, Tarmanala, the Kapala 1 and the Kapala 2, where you kind of immerse yourself in this practice for a week. Um, and it's life transformative. It really is, and I feel so blessed. I feel like it really changed my life and has really changed my relationships for the better. So I just wanted to add that as way of encouragement. Yeah, thank you. And what also really helped me is I got her set of CDs. You can order them from Tara Manila. You go to their website, and on each, on just there's like five CDs where she gives a whole explanation. A lot of it's in the book, but there's guided meditations. Because I found it really hard to do it by myself, looking at the form and doing it, and I yes. found it so much easier to close my eyes and have someone guide me through it, especially her, because she's the one that yes. put it all together. So if this if this process resonates for you, and even if it doesn't, if there's just even a little spark inside you that says, you know, I might benefit from this, do it. Mm-hmm. It, it really can make a big difference. Yeah. Thank you. That's really great. Um, it's also possible to work with someone. There are um, certified, what do they call it? Feeding your demon. Oh, it's on the back. It's on the back of one of your sheets that it talks about how um, you can find certified feeding your demons trainers and, and, um, and, so anyway, there are definitely ways. This the uh, CD set sounds like a great way to get support to go forward. And I really recommend reading the book too. And that's really helpful. And thank you. Yeah, I the the training program. If anyone's interested in going out to Colorado and spending time there, um, that sounds like it'd be wonderful. Okay. I think it's on the one that's the partner one. Maybe it's at the back on the bottom. The tar on the lot information. Yeah, right there. Does it say anything about the phone number in a you can find it on the website and we'll talk about about that stuff. So my sense, unless there are more questions or comments, um, I have this feeling that we should just sit for a little while. <coughs> and then do one more session with guidance. And we can see where that goes. How's that sound? Yes. How do you feel about the idea that in meditation you don't do the process, 
but perhaps you identify some of the issues later on in the process. Um, well, definitely, we can. Oftentimes in meditation, there are things coming up to bother us, yeah. right? Uh, and, and of course, when we say identifying the demons, you know exactly it's it's those um, feeling experiences or those distractions or those <coughs> hindrances or you know whatever it is that, that we're not fully at peace. Uh, and so, yes, we can work with the, the things that come up in meditation. But that doesn't mean that we have to go looking for them. Usually they are pretty willing to share, <laughs> make themselves known <laughs> um, in their own ways. And um, I think before we sit, I'll just tell you a little story. Um, this... Um, I told you about the black wolf, right? The vicious black wolf with the iridescent blue. <clears throat> I was staying somewhere and um, for some reason some something from the past was coming up very, very strongly. It was a very, very painful experience. And now what what is this doing here? I didn't know why after some years this was coming back. I was at this place and I was doing a lot of meditation and I didn't know why this was there, but I decided, well, it doesn't seem to want to be going away, so I'll feed the demon and I kind of pull over in a way from my meditation and and had a session, and that's when the black wolf showed up, and the, and the black dog. And then the black dog hung out with me and followed me around. And every time, you know, I'd sit in meditation, and the black dog, the energy, you know, the feeling, and the vision, the, the sense in my mind's eye, the black dog was lying there right in front of me. When I'd get up and walk to where I was sleeping, the black dog was coming with me. I thought, man, this is really interesting. And um, there was one particular person involved in this very painful time. And, you know, it's like you want to forgive. And you want to forget. Sort of. I don't really advocate the forgetting part. I think it's important that we know um, when we remember in a way that's kind and compassionate what happened or clear. Kindness and clarity. Forgiveness and awareness. Anyway, you'd like to think this over, whatever it is, you're, you're resolved. But clearly, no. So why is this coming up? So I open a door and this person is there, totally unexpected, there, right in front of my face. And I thought, wow, this is so interesting. And my black dog was there, and this feeling of calm and solidity. And 
and balance. I didn't get pulled back into something. I didn't get pulled into anything. I could just hold my ground. And it felt like a preparation for that. You know, it was coming and I didn't know it, but somewhere, somehow, there was this preparation. And the work of honoring what's arising, even if it doesn't make any sense, can help lead us, help prepare us I think that's really what the training is. The training is something that we develop faith in. Um, the, in the in the in the suttas where it talks about stream entry, the first level of enlightenment, it talks about how we our doubt goes away. That's one of the feathers that drops away when the fruit of stream entry is realized. And the doubt that drops away is doubt in the Buddha, in the Dhamma, in the Sangha, and in the training. So at first when I read that or heard that, took it in, took it to heart, I thought, what training? So the training here in this monastery, where admittedly things felt pretty chaotic at the time, <laughs> or is it, where? Is it that other monastery? Where that other, you know, monastic is teaching that sounds so good? <laughs> where is this training? And I came to realize traveling around, moving from place to place, having different kinds of situations and circumstances that the training is bigger than all that. And it and it comes because we open our hearts to it. We invite it. I want to be trained. One of the things in the morning chanting in the Theravada Monastery, the Western Theravada Monasteries, is the Buddha trains perfectly those who wish to be trained. means perfectly those who wish to be trained. When we want to be trained, it means I'm willing. I'm willing to receive this training no matter what it brings. Now it has to be the real training, not some like being talked into something, but that when we can discern, yeah, this is is coming from the right place. This is part of the training. This is the training. And then the most amazing thing happens. You know, you open a Dhamma book. Like, what, what's what's needed now? And you open that, you know, the Middle Length Discourses or the Numerical Discourses or some other. And your eyes fall on this thing that talks exactly about what you've been questioning thinking about to do. What do I need to know now? Or these images come up and it's like, okay, 
I'll use the tools I've been working with and try to understand it. And it's amazing. It's something so much bigger than our thinking mind can comprehend. And it's there and it's available for all of us. Right there. So I would encourage you to, you know, however you can, to develop the discernment of the truth, that true voice. Um, Really question the voices that don't sound so true. If they're not compassionate and kind, I don't think they're coming from the real Dharma. That was one of the things that convinced me that I wanted to follow the Buddha's way. So I came out of a, a Christian background. I trained as an interfaith minister, and I gradually became more Buddhist. And I really investigated. I really looked. Is that true? Do I believe that? What do I think of that? I don't understand that bit. And every time the Buddhist teachings came back to kindness and compassion and clarity. And I thought, this this is the right way. It's the right way. And I'm not saying that um, that means this is the right way and those other ways are the wrong way. I don't mean that. With the lens of the Buddha Dharma, I can see my Christian past in a whole different light. I see, I think, the, the truth in that, too. And it's like the training's bigger than that. It's bigger than what religion is. It's bigger than the beliefs of a group. I hope that's useful. <laughs> um, yeah, so we can learn how to trust ourselves and what comes our way and to make sure that it accords with the precepts and the noble full path. And as long as we are gradually through our own conduct purifying our karma purifying our intention we can't go wrong and we will wake up first time I heard a monk say that you follow this path and you will wake up Just encouragement. Um, so let's let's sit.
wanted to try something out with you and see if I'm on the right track. Okay. I have a, a little trouble um, getting lost in the process. We haven't had the integrity like you said. Works really well. Um, but is it not true that it's a means to get to something? It's not. Yeah. Um, Kathy is a friend of mine, so I can say that she mentioned a good example of she forgot to yeah. be the mm-hmm. which in the process has integrity, and that's important. But is what you maybe have a lack of concentration in seeing what this demon would be like if it took over? Close to the work at Taramandala. I'm a Theravada nun, so I take it from this Theravada scriptural perspective and my own practice. But my sense is that those components are there for very good reasons that really stand the test of time. Now, I agree that it's not like be unhappy with ourselves for going off the road. Take what you can learn from it. You know what? It's okay. But it's it's like kind of we can very easily dilute things and delude ourselves very easily. And my sense about this process is that it's very specific and direct to this very hard to find. But even the term demon. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I have difficulty with that. If I'm born with a speech challenge, mm-hmm. or if I'm born with a karmic load, uh-huh. it's a demon is a negative, it's just sort of like it's something that's mm-hmm. a negative, but I just try and identify it, know it, yeah. and deal with it. Yeah, and, and to be fair, one day isn't going to show us all the dimensions. Yeah. So in the book, Mama Soltrum talks about really what that word stands for. And so I think what you're asking is, isn't it okay to modify this based on conditions? No, no? that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, is it, is it all right to understand? I mean, isn't it more accurate to understand it metaphorically? Is it important that your dog you get to the minutia of the color of it and the shape of it, or is that just a means of focusing your concentration to understand the the nature of your karmic issue? Okay, so I think the answer is whether or not the dog is black or whatever, <coughs> any of that, no. But asking those questions puts me in a position of being the observer of this. And that's what's important exactly. there. That's, that's important. Okay, that's what's important there. So and the process has integrity. I'm not saying you shouldn't yeah. do that, but yeah. otherwise you you get caught up. Is it an orca? What color orca is it? Oh and yeah, no, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I hear what you're saying. I yeah. Would, I mean, I would do it mm-hmm. lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like an active listening exercise. If you you can do the steps and do it correctly, but if you haven't understand that you're transforming the way that you actually interact with people and just, the way you think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. It changes how you think. Absolutely. 100%. Otherwise, you're just following steps in the process if you right. don't understand 
where the context of it. Yes, 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 yes. And it's working with a process, like active listening. That takes a lot of practice. You get used to turning, you know, what I want to say about you into what I'm going to say about me, and suddenly everything changes. And we don't know that until we really commit it in a committed way, work with it, and are willing to go beyond the mechanical production of the of the formula. So thank you. I'm glad I'm glad we worked with it a little longer. Get on the same page. Yeah. So that's that's another reason for you know maybe this isn't the right tool for you at this time. That's fine. But tools like like this or different practices the Buddha gave. Um, if we do work with them in a committed way, then we start to understand them at a deeper level, whether it's mindfulness of in-and-out breathing or it's um, meta practice or whatever it is. So this is, yeah, the richness comes in really digging in there and practicing with it. Another thing that I didn't mention is that um, Lama Sultran talks about um, using art, even if you don't feel at all like you're an artist. It's helpful if you want to draw. A lot of times people go, I just want to draw this uh, so that I can recall the experience of it. And it's, it's the experience of it, the feeling experience of it, and what that means to us that opens our heart, that feels that aspect that's good to recall. So that can be helpful too. Yes. I had a question. Um, where does the second noble truth reside? Is it in the, 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 in the constellation itself that, that is causing the suffering or the attachment to that? How is that in this process? For me, the, the second noble truth the cause of this suffering, where it's rooted, um, shows up in the answer to that third question, what the demon will feel when he gets what he needs. And and what that is, that's in the positive expression of it. I'll feel safe, or I'll feel loved, or I'll feel peaceful, whatever. Um, but the 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 cause of the suffering is the sense of the lack of that safety or peace. Okay, so you're lacking peace. You're lacking safety. You're lacking feeling loved. You're lacking, you know. And even though I don't think about it in those terms, that's really the second, that's the second noble truth, to know what it is. It's a desire for something. It's a desire for something or to get rid of something. I heard a monk talk one time. He said, he was talking about meditation. He said, I really want to encourage you to, to practice and to, to go to that place in your meditation where you don't want anything and you don't want to get rid of anything. Where there's real peace.
And so, wherever there's that second noble truth of some cause for suffering, it's rooted in something like that. Something. Yeah. So that's where I see. You want to do another round? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Thank you, Jason. Jason has to go, but I really appreciate it. I appreciate being invited and I really appreciate your being here and I really appreciate this sangha that you've helped to develop. Thank you for being here, Jason. Yeah. Hopefully, thank you for being here and thanks for showing up and making an offering. Please take that with you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch in okay. more day longs to come. Great. Enjoy the rest of your practice. Thank you. Okay, so set up your demon state, demon ally. I think three demons a day is about the right dose. Deep breaths, letting go of emotional tension. Notice where it's being held in the body. And release it when you exhale. Thoughts, 
hold you back. Any worries, any negativity, set it aside. Let those tight places relax. Set an intention. Let this session benefit you and all demons. I mean, yes, all demons and all beings too. It's <laughs> a little nice slip. <laughs> As you decide what to work with, consider what might be draining your energy or dragging you down. Holding you back. A feeling experience. You can just take the first thing that comes to mind. And scan through your body and notice where that particular (coughs) demon presents itself. Evoke a memory if that's helpful and intensify that sensation. Face. 
moves its eyes. It isn't a, a being invited to be. What would you look like if you were a being? Let it be outside there in front of you on the cushion. Notice its size and its color. The surface of its body. Does it have an age? gender? What is its emotional state? When you look into its eyes, What's the look inside? How do you feel when you look at it? What do you need from me? How will you feel when you get what you need? Imagine your ordinary self in front of you. And here come the answers. What I want from you is
what I need from you is what I really need from you is have come, go back to your original seat. is the quality that it will feel. with a straw, anything, whatever comes, this quality that the demon would feel is coming from you. And he's taking it in.
when it comes to a point where the sleeper is fully satisfied, notice what's there. The demon still eating, let it go a bit longer. Know that you have an endless supply. If you have a being in front of you after the demon has finished eating, ask if it's your ally. If the demon hasn't become fully satisfied yet, ask it what would you look like if you were fully satisfied. what it looks like, its color and size. The look in its eyes. What pleasure or commitment do you make to me? How can I gain access to you? When you've asked these questions, assume the place of the hour.
deep breaths and settle in to this allies presence. Feeling its qualities for yourself. Completing these statements from deep within. I will help you by You can gain access to me by qualities melting into integrating
you let yourself dissolve into emptiness. Resting. question I find also with um, like uh, nonviolent communication for example so we ask the demon what will you feel I feel I feel fairness isn't quite going to be it so I think that's one place to look reflecting on what what would the feeling be 
And we still may feel like, well, I don't have this abundant amount of love or what do you think the demon did would would feel if you got one of that <coughs> fair treatment or Safety. You can certainly feel safe. So, we do give it what it will feel in this endless supply. And something I learned when I used to train in Qigong, I trained in medical Qigong for a while, and if you're working with energy, on someone else. If that's coming out of your own body, you get tired. If you're letting that come from the universe through you, you get energized. So the idea in our mind that I can't provide this is probably a limitation. If it is a feeling, if it's an, an energy, energetic quality like that, that we can notice and set aside that that limitation and recognize that we are always moving through this vast ocean of energy and the qualities of love and kindness and peace and every other kind of thing that we might feel when we really do get what we need is there in an endless supply. We just are at a hard time really visualizing the demon, especially the ally. I mean, I couldn't, there was no form, nothing mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. But I started feeling bad about it. Sometimes you have to go back to a previous step and re-strengthen the feeling in the body. Sometimes, if it's not coming, then it's good to go back to where it is in the body and strengthen it. If it's, you know, like the demon, um, yeah. When it's the ally, you may have to go back to the feeding process of the demon a bit. Something like that. Yeah. I, I also have a hard time with this one, and I, I noticed that after a certain point, I just there was just this really, really strong resistance, almost aversion even, and it just sort of stopped everything in its tracks, and I just sort of sat back for the rest of the time, and didn't try to, as I felt like pushing through a little bit, and mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, it's been a pretty long day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just have to honor <clears throat> our system, you know. Um, one thing that is important is, even though we talk about all these exit routes and, you know, trying to make sure that 
we do our work and everything. There are times when it's important to set something aside. It's not the right time to work with it. There are times when we're just not ready, for example, or it's it's too much, or whatever the reason. Then we say, okay, I'm going to come back to you. I mean, right now, this is kind of an an artificial, staged practice, right? But when something's up, you know, and you can imagine so many scenarios, (laughs) then we can... We can set that, we can say, I'm going to set this aside because it's not time. But I'm coming back to you. So that commitment that you're going to deal with it. Again, we can use the model of healthy communication. Sometimes it's not the right time to dig into an issue with your partner or your friend. Sometimes you have to take a little time away but if we are, have the maturity to say, I have to go by myself for a little while, I'll be back in 20 minutes. You know, we will talk about this. Or tomorrow morning, or whatever. But you, you know, promise yourself that you will come back, and then you, and then you can. And in the meantime, sometimes we, sometimes we do need to distract ourselves. Sometimes things are so raw, we need to put on that mindless movie. And then knowing when it's really a matter of discernment. At least that's what I think. This may be crazy, but sometimes I, I was in this practice, just this last time, I was getting a sense that um, some of my, I was juggling demons, that they were coming from um, positive, good feelings in my body, temporary good feelings in my body, not mm-hmm. necessarily pain or, mm-hmm. or blockness. The God side, maybe. The seductive, short-term good feelings. Yeah. The yeah. attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get a demon from a good feeling. Like yeah. Good, good feeling. Like, yeah. yeah. Well... <laughs> Eventually, we recognize all our feeling is problematic. So. Um, when at the moment when you're you're feeding the demon and and it changes into an ally, like I found that my demon basically said, like what my mind said was, okay, now I'm lying to you, and now you're my ally and let's do this ally stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I think and I, I had, lost the, the demon. The demon, yeah, the demon oh, just started lying to me and just saying, yeah. let's let's do this. I'm your ally. Sure, I'll be good for you. <laughs> and I had to be like, hold on. And he's not like, I, all that I could give and more. And he's like, more. I want more. There's never enough. Yeah. I'm never going to be done. Uh-huh. And I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> and I had to invite a different ally in. And that like, okay. the ally didn't even acknowledge. He's just come in and be like, okay, it's us now. Ooh. But the, I know the demon's still out there. And he's just like, and I, mm. I really felt, I mean, that's what it felt like inside. 
Interesting, huh? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think it sounds really interesting. It sounds like it's maybe... important to make sure you're in your body and really stay connected to the qualities of the demon and what you're seeing, what you're experiencing, you know, like not just its, not its voice, but its shape and its the, the image and particularly the feeling from it and try again that you know when you're when you're saying what would you look like if you were satisfied so it sounds kind of like the demon sort of took over there for a minute and wanted well, when, I, when I asked that question it would say I would look exactly like I already do oh Mm. Interesting. Mm. What happened when the ally came? The demon? Uh, still I, there? Yeah, it was still there, but I wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't a focus now. I had to yeah. focus on something else. Yeah. Yeah. Did the ally um, make a pledge to you? Does it feel helpful with regard to that particular negative quality? Yeah, it felt like it came in between me and the negative quality. Like now, there was a buffer. Something I could deal with. Use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a step. Something to come back to. Yeah, probably. Any other questions? Yeah. Can you clarify just very briefly um, the God concept in this practice? It's something you create that's a positive thing. Positive. Yeah, like, you know, I want this person to love me. I'm, you know. You know, there is a positive thing that could be a negative in it, in, in your wanting it. Right, and the, the way it seems to me is like it's it's a des, it's desire rather than aversion, mm-hmm. and it also has that same stickiness. Yeah. So I got a little hung up on the stickiness of the nectar. Oh, <laughs> the nectar was sticky. Really sticky. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. Demon took it in. Uh, lapped it up, lapped it up, and it, it changed. But there was fur involved, and it's just like. <laughs> 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 Oh, <laughs> 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 that's great. Okay.
Okay, so it's, um, did you want to, mm-hmm. okay. So we're, we're closing in on five o'clock. I really honor what you did today very much. I hope that this is helpful and supportive and if there's anything that wasn't, please just set it down. I wish you well on your way with your practice and work on the path. I think I'll just do a little chant to share the blessings. This will be in English. Through the goodness that arises from my practice, may my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world. May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, May those who are friendly, indifferent, or hostile, may all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless. Through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, May all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana. In every kind of birth may I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor, May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble Lord. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, May darkness and delusion be dispelled. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.